Welcome to the Trailbreaker Podcast. I'm Aaron Feinberg. In this podcast, I explore what it takes to be a trailbreaker through intimate conversations with people carving new paths across the landscapes of business, art, and sport. We dig in on how to excel across seemingly disparate endeavors. What drives people who manage to succeed multidimensionally? Is it how they think? Is it meticulous planning and follow through? Or is it some measure of delusional optimism? My guest today is Jamie Campbell, founder of Catapult Adventure Vehicles, a Reno-based company creating sport and lifestyle-specific vans capable of any adventure you can dream of. Catapult was born out of Jamie's lifelong love for the outdoors, paired with creative skills he honed as a metal fabricator, custom furniture creator, and project manager. We talked about how regardless of age, pursuing your passions is essential, how to balance restraint with agility, and that strong relationships and strategic partnerships are irreplaceable. Good morning, Jamie, and thank you very much for joining the show today. Aaron, great to see you as always. Thanks for having me. Well, we are in Truckee, California with one of your beautiful vans behind us, and you are the founder and CEO of Catapult Adventure Vehicles. Yeah, it's um, a, a venture I started almost three years ago. Um, started here in Truckee, and now we're uh, uh, located in Reno, so that's where our headquarters is. Right, you grew out, uh, outgrew the shop here and, and then found a, a bigger space down there, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I live in Truckee still. I really wanted to keep my business here. I love this town, wanted to keep small business in my community. Um, but um, access to materials and um, just access to uh, just a different demographic also, a bigger demographic in Reno and then bigger space just made more sense. Amazing. And you know, building out vans, I got to imagine, as someone who's not particularly handy, it, it requires a variety of skills. And, you know, in my mind, it's like, you got to be a bit of an artist. You got to be pretty handy. You got to be a bit of a designer. You got to understand what the van actually needs to do and be an outdoors adventure person. So pick any of those areas about you and just give us a, a quick sense of just what were you doing that gave you the skill set to then all put those things together to start building vans like this? You know, honestly, the biggest um, part that I, of all those aspects that all, all those things that you mentioned is the, um, is the outdoor uh, adventure part. You know, I, I, I know I have the uh, a diverse skill set to actually build out the van. Um, I was a metal fabricator for years, um, I have a certain amount of aptitude and kind of all the different facets, but spending time on the road, um, and just being outdoorsy was probably the biggest thing that I pulled from. Um, I've always had campers, vans, everything in between, um, since I was in my twenties. Um, I guess I could, you could say I'm sort of an escapist. I've always had that. If I look out in the driveway, I always have my, my way out, you know, um, even if it's, whether it's for a weekend or, or months at a time. Um, I think that's what I get most inspiration from is just being out there. And so you've had the company for, for just a couple of years and it's obviously gone through COVID and is continuing to be strong. It's profitable, et cetera. And, and 
and I think that's amazing. And we're going to spend a good amount of time today talking a little bit about how one starts a business like this and then pulls it to, to a successful place pretty quickly. But, but back us up a little bit. And, you know, prior to, to being a CEO, you had a whole host of other jobs and other experiences. So just give us a, a bit of a range of what Jamie Campbell was up to before, before running this show. Uh, yeah, I guess I've had a pretty diverse background and also very lucky to have done um, a lot of things in my 20s and 30s. Um, I I was a competitive skier when I moved to Tahoe, and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to just travel and ski. Um, spent a lot of time on the road. I took winters off. Um, I also, to, to fund that, um, because this was back in the 90s, believe it or not, um, I, uh, I had a metal fabrication shop for years in downtown Truckee, um, made furniture, uh, architectural uh, designs, um, and that kind of fueled this drive to be more creative and, and to tap into that side because I've always kind of been a creative person. Um, and then, um, you know, had some, some years, uh, project managing, uh, design build world, um, uh, you know, higher end, uh, custom homes and, um, was able to pull from all of those things to, to create this. Amazing. And you were also, I think, you know, you had projects up here, but you also had stuff down towards the Bay area, you know, closer to San Francisco. Is that right? Yeah, I actually, um, I've been in Truckee, uh, since, 95. Um, and I did a six year stint in San Francisco from 2010 to 16. Um, worked down there, uh, went back to school, um, just had some different experiences. And then I ended up back in Truckee in 2016. And, and I know that, you know, we all get to these inflection points. So those of us who are, who are business owners, we get to these inflection points where we've, we've worked with great people or for great people you know, we've taken paths that seem like the right path. And then all of a sudden it's, it doesn't turn out to be what we want either. You know, it's just not enjoyable work for the long run or, or the, or the, you know, the working for someone else doesn't quite work for us. Mm-hmm. What, what happened for you? What was that tipping point where you decided, all right, I'm going into business for myself. I'm going to start building vans and, and I'm pulling the trigger. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like, a lot of people our age or even even younger in their 20s and 30s get kind of caught up in in a bit of a rut with their um with their profession and a lot of people think what's next right and when you if you ever get down on that think that a lot of other people are going through the same thing and i've been there i've i've thought um through the core and i've been self-employed before but i've always uh thought you know what's next for me you know where where does my passion lie? Cause it, it, it's not here right now, or, you know, speaking from my 35 year old self. So this, um, this almost started, uh, accidentally. Um, I was designing vans for another company based in San Francisco. Um, and I was still living up here technically, although I was kind of part-time in San Francisco. Um, and I just started to get a lot of questions from, from friends and uh, the community in Truckee about, hey, is there anyone up here doing this? And so um, a good friend of mine approached me and wanted his Sprinter van uh, built out in 2018. 
And I just opened a small, uh, single garage shop here in Truckee and it just kind of happened organically. Um, which was great in a sense. I didn't put a whole lot into it starting out. It was just like, okay, let's kind of see what happens, you know? Yeah. I remember that shop. It was, it was over by that little ski shop in the grocery store. I forget the name of the grocery store off the, off the Mm -hmm. exit there. Right. And the van barely fit in the first, in the bay that you had it in. Right. Yeah. It was a tight squeeze. Um, if there was another guy in the shop, like if you would come and, uh, spent time at the shop, we would be, you know, one guy would pass through the van to get to the other side of the shop. The other guy could go to the side of the van, but it was, it was very, very tight. Yeah. And I, and it's, I think it's so important, right. As small business, uh, founders that, you know, so many businesses fail right out of the gates. They're undercapitalized or, you know, they didn't do the market research or they just, they missed some core marker that that would have helped them to be successful and it and i mean you've watched you know i wouldn't necessarily say it's like a a slow burn it hasn't been a meteor meteoric rise but it's Mm -hmm. been you know you've been pretty darn successful in these couple years that you have pulled this off so what what have you found were the keys to to growing it to not falling into the standard business pitfalls or, or how you've been agile, flexible in, in adapting also to the fact that there was a major pandemic that happened during, you know, your start of this business. Sure. Um, I think, um, you know, it's daunting trying to foresee the growth a, and then trying to manage the growth. So my strategy was grow, uh, in very small increments, right? Um, don't hire too many people. Don't invest in too much equipment and take it um, in phases, right? And a lot of this I've learned. I've owned uh, businesses before. And my strategy with, um, so I used to own a, uh, a uh, I call it stunt component business where I made uh, rails and features for ski resorts um, and then private contract stuff. So it was also Reno based. And at the time I thought I had to invest uh, so much um, in the, into the business before I even got the business off the ground. I needed all this equipment. I needed advertising, marketing. I needed this amazing website, online store. I didn't need that. I needed a business first. And so that's what I did differently with Catapult is, um, I created this, this brand and this business from, from scratch and, um, didn't blow it up right away and just kind of grew it organically. Yeah. So one van from one guy who believed in you, small bay, make it, make it a solid, solid, you know, outcome. And then what happened where you ultimately decided, all right, we've, we've outgrown Truckee. Mm -hmm. Um, What were the signs? What were the markers that you had to pay attention to to realize, okay, I need to, I need to bring this to a new level down in Reno. Well, I, again, I looked at space up here. I just couldn't find anything that really suited my needs. And I almost pulled the trigger on a space. And in hindsight, it would have been way too small also. Um, And uh, Reno is, uh, it just set up better to run a business out of. Um, Again, there's more access to uh, materials down there. Um, There's bigger space. It's half the price of anything here. Um, you know, there's no snow removal down there. So you're thinking about how that impacts, uh, just day to day, um, a vehicle based business also. So we need outdoor parking. Um, and honestly, right now we've got this giant gated parking lot and we've got a lot of vans in it. So we need that overflow. Um, so 
you know, Reno just made, made more sense. The more, um, the more I went down there and kind of investigated the different, um, uh, property potential. And, um, so it's been really great being there. And without you feeling like you have to go into your, your finances in any way, you know, one of the things that, that impacts companies when they're scaling is just, do they have the finances? Do you know, mm-hmm. do they have the funding? And it, I know you didn't take any funding, you know, you're all, you're doing it on your own and, mm-hmm. and you know, you're building slowly, you know, as you, as more money comes in, you, you reinvested in the, in the company. And I remember us talking a couple of years ago when you're thinking about bringing on employees and just, you know, you were doing everything and it was getting unsustainable. And so you started having to bring on people and train them up. Mm -hmm. What other ways did you sort of manage the, the scaling aspect of this company so that, so that you didn't burn out the cash and you just, you kind of found the sweet spot between, you know, growing too much or not growing fast enough to, to meet the demand? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I think, um, what helped me the most is, is having the right, uh, team with me that that's key. Um, they're not only people that I really enjoy being around, but I found guys that are willing to, um, match my stress level. Almost if I stay late, they're late, they're staying late with me. Um, if I, if I'm feeling rushed, they're feeling rushed also, they're not just punching the clock. So that's, that's a huge one. And, and those guys are irreplaceable right now. So, um, just surrounding yourself with the right team is, is big in, in growing a business and it's hard too. It's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, especially with a small business, it's hard to find people that will care about the business as much as you do. Exactly. And, uh, and when you find those people, boy, yeah, treat them right, keep them around, mm-hmm. find places for them to grow and, and, and to figure out what their career goals are and support those things because yeah, yeah it's, it's lifeblood right there. And then I thought there was an interesting thing we talked about offline about how, you know, during COVID everybody's supply chain went like evaporated or got super delayed. And obviously there's a lot of things that one needs to build out a van like this. So you had an interesting pivot, uh, maybe not complete pivot, but you started doing accessories. So tell us a little bit about what that uh, transition was like for, for uh, making accessories for vans. Yeah, honestly, um, there's so much demand in the, not only the, the custom van market, but the accessory market, you know, I, and I've uh, you know, one of my, one of the benefits of me getting into this industry is I have a lot of industry knowledge, um, even from before starting this, this venture, you know, I know who's making what I know, uh, where it's made, where it comes from. I know all these other companies and I know right now that they're, that they're swamped, that they can't keep up with demand. So when I started, um, a big part of me wanted to just get into the accessory market. Okay. Roof racks, bumpers, um, any sort of exterior winch mount, light mount, uh, accessory. Cause I'm a fabricator. So coming up with those designs is fun for me. I enjoy it. I enjoy creating, uh, you know, interesting utilitarian designs for vehicles. Um, and so I would like to continue to push that. Um, this, this van, this is our demo van does have our roof rack on there. Um, and we're coming up with a ladder also. Um, but, um, it's, it's fun for me. I I think I get probably the most enjoyment out of creating, uh, the, the products, the smaller products that go into the, the bigger, the bigger product. 
That's awesome. And I, again, it's another one of those things where uh, you, you have to be agile. You've got to be able to pivot. You know, nobody predicted what was going to happen with the pandemic and everything that, you know, businesses that just imploded and disappeared overnight to other ones that pe- they could not meet demand. And so I think it's super smart right, to have realized, all right, we still can build vans. We can also build these other things and, and always choosing to do things that that are more and more in line with where your joy comes from and, you know, letting you spend most of your time doing, doing what feels right to you. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think as in anything, it's easy to get burnt out and I could easily burnt out on just doing custom full custom customers vans. Um, and so it keeps it interesting. And in terms of where the business is going, right. You also talked to me a little bit about this cool idea. I thought of, of a dealership approach. Yeah. Um, Honestly, right now where we're at is is a full custom. So a customer will come to me and say, here's my vision. Can you do this? And then we go back and forth. We make some tweaks. And and um, yes, that's great. And it's fun to do uh, sport-specific vans and, and realize customers' visions. But on the other hand, um, I would like to streamline the process just from an efficiency standpoint. Um, because the full custom, we're kind of reinventing how we do things. Every van, it takes a while. Everything in these takes a long time. So I would love to just come up with, um, two or three models and, um, put those out to dealerships or become the dealership, you know, so people can come in and people want vans. Now they don't want to wait. Um, right now there's astronomical lead times with everything from my supply chain to the actual van it takes a while. So to have, uh, 10 vans on a lot that people could come in and, and pick and choose. And obviously you could, uh, add a passenger seat. You could add certain things that, you know, you would want to customize for yourself. Um, but just having, uh, vans on a lot and you can come just like a car dealership. Nice. And, you know, seeing where you've come from, you know, from your, the various versions of campers to, you know, your build out of your Tacoma and, and thank you very much. My Tacoma looks much better now due to your advice. It looks amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and you now have this sweet van and all the cool features and functionality, et cetera. What is maybe one favorite thing that you've stumbled upon that you're putting in vans or that you now really like to have access to that when you were more in your bare bones days, you wouldn't have even thought of would been, would been fun to have in, in a vehicle. Um, that's a good question. I think th- there are a lot of products that, uh, that have come out recently. I have really been liking this slide out tray, uh, in the back of the van or what we call the garage of the van. It's where you put your toys, your mountain bikes, your skis, your surfboards, um, there's a company I work with out of Washington that's making a really nice slide out tray. Uh, they're called Shucks and Vans. Um, so that's been that's been really fun. Um, the other big thing, which is kind of a necessity for for my vans, for my toys, uh, bikes, trucks, anything, is suspension. Suspension's mandatory. You know, um, we were just talking about the difference that it makes in your Tacoma um, and a bike. Uh, suspension is hugely important. Um, so this is kind of one of the first things that we put into, into a build is, uh, a van compass, uh, company out of Idaho. Uh, they make fully tuned valved suspension design for the weight of these vans. 
cool. Yeah, I, I was so impressed actually with just how my truck drives on the road, much less when we actually go on a, on a proper mm-hmm. adventure. And and I meant to ask about this before, but with you building out these vans, and it seems like you also have created relationships with a lot of these other suppliers. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they become just strategic partners or in your passing work back and forth, or they become partners. I don't, I, but I imagine you get to, you get to build pretty strong relationships with those, some of these folks who do suspensions or do, you know, uh, add-ons that you need to put in your vans. How does that all work? Um, yeah. So I, I think I attribute um, a lot of success to partnerships, right? Collaborating. Um, I think that's, something that's overlooked by people, but if you create those relationships out of the gates, I'm friends with a lot of the people that, you know, the suppliers that I get components from and we chat, we text, and uh, it's really great to create those relationships within this industry. And without that, um, you know, I don't think I'd, I'd be where I'm at right now with, with catapult. I think that that rising tide lifts all boats mentality is, is applicable across industries. And, you know, as a coach, as a trainer, I am never trying to keep other people out of the industry. It's, you know, how can I help? How can I support? There's enough work Mm -hmm. for everybody. And I also think that, you know, it, it creates the conditions where everybody's being prosperous, that it, it comes back to you. And I think that it's, you know, seeing it, especially, you know, in times where people need each other even more in a pandemic or, you know, everyone's scrapping. It's like, who might have the part? Who's willing to, to jump in and help me? And I think that it's awesome. And, uh, and it's fun. I mean, it's like sharing ideas, cross-pollinating designs. Uh, I think, you know, everybody wins, the customer wins and, and you guys do too. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of this too, a lot of the, the business that we get is word of mouth. So it's, uh, you know, a supplier in Southern California, um, is approached by a customer and, uh, and they're saying, yeah, there's this outfit in Reno that we, um, we collaborate and partner with. And those are the guys to go, to go see. So, um, you know, we, we don't do a lot of advertising. Um, you know, we have a small social media following, um, but it's mostly word of mouth. Cool. So, I want to get away from the, the nuts and bolts of the business and talk a little bit more about what shifted for you. You know, you were in your, what, late 30s, early 40s when you created this company? Yeah, 40s, early 40s. Yeah. And, and that, to make a pivot like this in life is something that, you know, obviously maybe for people like us who, who leap when, you know, and are not afraid to make that jump and that doesn't make us better or worse. It's just how we're wired. But, you know, you get to a point where, you know, in your forties, that might be a time where people would be like, I can't take that risk or, you know, I'm not comfortable with starting a brand new business, et cetera. How, how did you get to the spot where you're like, this is what I'm doing? Well, um, I love the industry, A. Um, I consider this, uh, you know, even though it's creative and, and it's mechanical and you need a certain amount of aptitude and a lot of different, uh, a wide skill set, um, I still consider this the outdoor industry, which I love. You know, I love um, outdoor sports, camping, finding new places to go explore. That's kind of the root of it. So when I got into it, um, yeah, it's, it's always in the back of my mind. Like, is this, is this a bubble? Is this going to burst? Is this, um, am I going to have the staying power to see this through? Um, so I get nervous. I think about that a lot, but I do think that, um, I'm in the right spot with the industry. Um, 
And it, it has been nerve wracking though, at times, to be honest, um, to start something, um, at, at this, you know, at this stage in life, but honestly, I've never been afraid of that either, you know? And, and I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but what would have been the alternative if you hadn't done this, what would you have chosen to do? Um, I think I would have come up with something else. Like I, I'm always, uh, kind of dreaming up ideas, right? Um, I don't love just going through the motions and working for someone else. I never thought that was the path for me. I've done it. Um, but, um, I've been self-employed for probably, uh, 75% and then worked for other people, 25%. So I would have, um, schemed up something else. Uh, I don't know what that would be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll think about that. And, uh, you know, and it's something of this size, right? Obviously it started small, but it's growing, it's growing quickly. How has it impacted your life on, obviously you have more responsibility. You, you've got the uh, stronger upside on the financial end, you know, but you also have more time that you're spending doing work and focusing on customers, et cetera. And you're a big skier, you're a big mountain biker, you're a big outdoorsman, you know, how have you been able to design your life to bring in a lot of this awesomeness, keep it in check as much as you can and still have space for, you know, uh, the upcoming marriage that you've got going on, your, your hobbies, you know, and, and actually getting to use these vans for the adventure purpose that you're making them for. Um, Aaron, I'm going to be honest with you my work-life balance is off right now. <laughs> so I know a coach, I know a coach uh, who can help you. Yeah. I got, I got to get that back. <laughs> um, and I laugh with my, uh, my crew that I work with, um, is because when we started this, um, you know, we, I was still mountain biking and skiing all the time. I had probably one of my best springs down on the East side, my first year of business. Cause I wasn't that busy. I was perfectly busy. Um, but we always said that the foundation of this industry is, is the work-life balance, right? Like what, what are you building vans for if you're not going out and using them? Right now, I don't have that. I try to get out and ride my bike a couple days a week and, and get out and climb a day a week. Um, but I need to get to a point where I can um, find that balance again. But it's tricky. This, is, um, this consumes a lot of my time and a lot of my energy. Um, but it's a good consumption. You know, you really dive deep into the business and getting it to a certain point. Um, but uh, I, I do work a lot. I, I work too much, honestly. Um, but it, it, again, it's, it's rewarding, but um, I need that, that balance back. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a, that strange as a small business person. I mean, I feel like you know, all the cliches are you've got to be willing to to put your head down for one to three years to, to make it happen. And then, and then it can, it will tip. And I mean, you've already been successful beyond what many businesses are at, right out of the gates. And I will say too, from my experience, just, you know, starting a, a coaching consulting training company and, you know, friends said to me in the first year or two, they're like, we have not seen you. Where are you? And I was like, I am, making this thing work because if, mm -hmm. if I don't, uh, no one's going to, and I don't have a backup plan that I really want to, mm -hmm. to, to use. And, uh, and I will say that, yeah, when you get tip, tip over that sort of apex and then it, it, you start to have more control, you start to have 
understand all the systems and processes that you need and, and you get the support and the help that you, that will make it, um, you know, so you can step away a little bit more. So I, I know you'll make it happen. And I think, uh, all the best. Uh, it's exciting to see. And so, you know, how do folks find you guys if they want to, to check out vans, talk about building something out, where's the best way to find catapult? Yeah. So you can find us, uh, online at catapultav.com. A is an adventure V vehicle. Um, you can stop by our Reno location. Um, we share a building with, um, Havelock wool, which if you're familiar with the van industry, that's, uh, that's the company that provides the insulation for a van. Um, really interesting, amazing company. They manufacture right there on site, uh, where we're located. So if you're into, um, you know, starting to jump into, um, your, your van, you're building out your van or your van dreams and just want to chat. It's a really great place to stop into. Um, so, uh, we're on social media, uh, Instagram, catapult AV, uh, Facebook page. So any one of those. Cool. Now, last question. How did the name catapult get chosen? Oh man. Good question. Um, so for me, I've always, found enjoyment out of naming companies. And, um, I think, uh, for me, something that catches my eye and I can get sucked into advertising. And I think we all can, that's what it's there for. But for me, it was the logo, uh, the, the little catapult was very identifiable. I didn't want to call, uh, or name my company something with the name van in it. I feel like there's a million of those, Um, I didn't want to be generic. I wanted to have a recognizable logo. Um, And so it really wasn't, didn't have any relevance to catapulting you into uh, the next realm of fun or adventure. It was more about the little logo, um, the design of the logo. And then adventure vehicle replaced van. Um, I think that was, that was better suited for what we were doing. Fantastic. Well, I am looking forward to at some point buying a van and launching myself deeper into the outdoors. Oh, we'll, we'll catapult you out there. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, Jamie, super nice to have a chat with you. Uh, thanks for welcoming me up to Truckee and getting to sit in front of this beautiful van and I appreciate your time and all the best moving forward. Thanks, Aaron. Really fun chatting with you, man. We'll do it again soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. The Trailbreaker podcast is created by Aaron Feinberg with production support provided by Michael Morey. More interviews and videos can be found at aaronfeinberg.com.